So you got a whole uh, alpha team now, don't you? But you but you have a wealth of knowledge that is beneficial to a lot of people, and it we can move the needle. How often do you hear a hunting podcast? We talked about this. People relate to this. Hey, everybody. Jerry here with Kafaru reminding you to get entered into our YouTube subscriber giveaway going on right now with Davis Tent. We are giving away a Kafaru hoodlum with a tactical frame, and Davis is throwing in their brand new Go Tent. Entering is pretty simple. All you need to do is head on over to the Kafaru and Davis Tent YouTube channels, hit the subscribe button, like the announcement video, and comment on how you would use this awesome combo. This is one giveaway you won't want to miss out on. Best of luck, and here's Aaron with the podcast. Welcome to Kafaru Cast, everyone. I'm uh, just back in town for a few days here. I've been in South Dakota with uh, my buddy Ryan Rotier, but uh, I've got uh, somebody that I, I don't know overly well. Uh, we've talked several times. I've followed along with him. He has a pretty amazing history and a pretty cool career with what he does, but that's uh, Kyle DeFore. And am I pronouncing that correct, Kyle? You are 100%. <laughs> um, I don't even know where it's from. I think I'm Belgium or something. But yeah, we, D4, D4, whatever. It's good. Yeah, thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, no no problem. I figured, uh, you know, with this, just shooting the shit with you a little bit earlier today, it'd be, there's a lot of different things we could cover on this. Um, but I, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and, uh, you know, also what you offer as far as, your, you know, your training and, and things like that. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm, I'm a professional, uh, shooter and, and, and teacher of tactics. I, um, right now started my company in 09 and, um, you know, we do about, I say we, cause I have a couple guys that'll come in and work with me, um, 1900, 2000 students a year. And, and most all that's gov in some capacity. So uh, a lot of military, a lot of, a lot of DOD, uh, federal agencies like that. And that consists of uh, scoped rifle, um, I was a sniper in the military, uh, normal carbine, normal pistol. We do a lot of CQB training. And, um, before that I, uh, I spent about 10 years in the military and, and, uh, the, the SEAL teams. So, um, got a little bit, a little bit of experience here and there. And, uh, you know, started that, that journey to, to doing what I'm doing now. I didn't really plan it. It just kind of happened and worked for some other companies from 04 to 09, uh, Blackwater being one of them. Uh, kind of learning how to how to be a quote unquote pro shooter, and then um, since '09, just uh, yeah, I've been doing this, and I do do about thirty civilian classes a year: uh, scoped rifle, pistol, carbine. We do nods as well for for civilian classes, and um, yeah, that's kind of the flow, man. Just uh, some some product development here and there. Um, I'm kind of the guy that got the the red dot with a with a you know a low power scope like the one to the one to fours and one to sixes and one to tens you see now that was, that was kind of my baby back in the, back in the late aughts. Um, cause uh, the company I was shooting for at the time was, you know, kind of asking me what I would have liked to have in Afghanistan. And I said, I'd like to have an aim point that would go to 10 X. So, uh, that, uh, you know, my, my upper from BCM, uh, pretty, pretty popular upper there. I helped develop that and a couple other odds and ends here with holsters and sights and things like that. So, so that's me. Gotcha. Well, I'm going to fire off, um, all kinds of crazy shit at you just, uh, from the feedback that I get, or I wouldn't say feedback, the questions that I get. Cause you know, when you get to be, um, 
you know, more and more known in social media these days. People kind of seem to think you actually know what you're talking about with everything, which is not the fucking case, right? Like, uh, I'm good at a few things and not very right. good at a lot of other ones, which I'm why I'm happy you're on here. Um, man, I'm going to ask you some general questions, uh, from like, honestly, like personal and home safety, uh, all the way down. Like I, you know, one of the things that I get a ton of questions of is like, what is the best pistol to buy for home safety? And my general response is a shotgun, but for people listening in, like, what do you suggest for home safety? Let's say people have kids, don't have kids, a a single woman living at home, like other than training. And you can go into that later, but what should they have in the house? I would go with pistol for the simple fact of when we look at the, at the entirety of the populace, uh, pistols easier to render safe. It's easier to lock away, to keep away from, you know, the, the soccer party you're having in Saturday afternoon, you know, with all your kids, friends over, um, it's, it's, it's a better solution. I think overall, um, it's easier to go to a range and get, get good pistol training simply because of range limitations. Meaning, I mean, rifle, you know, I don't even like doing rifle inside 50 yards. I mean, we have to, of course, for CQB and stuff like that. But uh, most any range, I mean, a seven-yard range, you know, five-yard range, uh, you know, literally like uh, where you live and where I'm from uh, down south. I mean, that's our that's our backyard, you know, like you can get some good training in there. So it's a lot easier. Uh, so I tell people a pistol um, just real quick. I mean, you know, full frame pistols are easier to shoot. Uh, uh, as you go down in size in a pistol, it gets more difficult to shoot because you have more felt recoil. So I tell people start big, uh, even though, you know, full frame's not that big, it's still easy to conceal. And, um, I tell everybody nowadays, go ahead and get a red dot on it out of the gate because it's, it's easier. It's, um, you know, shooting a red dot is, is dramatically easier to learn. I iron sights are an advanced skill. Honestly, um, a lot of people, We'll, we'll go opposite of that and go, Hey, I'm got to get good on irons before I go to the dot. And, and I, it, that's actually, it, you should do it the other way around. So, um, full frame pistol, nine mils, the caliber, um, you know, the FBI, even everybody now is study wise is like, I mean, the nine mil bullet, there, there's no caliber bigger than nine mil that there's, there's conclusive scientific studies that say it does better. Um, so, so stick with nine mil cause you know, the felt recoil is a little bit less easier to control holds a lot of bullets. Um, and there's a ton of guns out there chambered in that, that, that are easy to shoot for people. So while you're talking about nine mil and I do not get on the tactical forums, I don't get on the long range forums where the six, five, you know, Creed is the man bun and this caliber is better than that. I don't really, I'm a nine guy uh, and I'm only a nine millimeter guy. Cause I'm a guy that uh, has a lot of nine millimeter ammo. It's relatively easy to get. Um, it doesn't kick a whole lot. So whether my daughter, my wife, my friends, whatever can shoot it, I get it that, um, you know, a nine doesn't do maybe potentially as much damage, um, as, as other rounds. And I am not a gun guy, but for home safety, the chances of someone shooting someone are fairly slim. Um, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, I've brought up to, you know, to other people, um, you know, and it's actually advice from some of your old co-workers is one, learn how to properly clear a house for, you know, safety purposes, not, not just for, you know, the person in your house potentially, but also the rest of your family, but to remember to grab the damn gun and know how to use it. Um, you know, and that's very 
cut and dry, black and white. But what are some of the suggestions uh, that you have for people looking at purchasing a gun? Where do they keep the gun? I know this is rudimentary questions. Where do they keep the gun? Do they keep it in the drawer beside the bed? When do they get the gun? Uh, you know, all that kind of shit. Yeah, I mean, that's good stuff right there. I mean, what, you know, thing is, like, uh, the way I raised my kids, um, so my daughter, who's 28 now, uh, I, I started this kind of journey in probably 04. My son's 17 now, so somebody else can do the math. But they were super small. Um, I really took the time to make the gun not an object of, of you know, mystique for them. Um Cause, cause I highly kids, agree with that, that, by the way, like that, you know, th- yeah, <laughs> th- that's, that's the thing. Don't, don't make it this object that they can't look at. They can't see. And it's this, you know, clear and safe, the weapon. I mean, and that's, again, learn, you got to learn basic safety, uh, clear and safe, the weapon, um, e- teach them to, to clear how to clear and safe. Like, Hey son, what do I need to do? You got to take the mag out dad. Okay. What do I do now? You got to clear the chamber dad, you know, and he watches me do it. And now, you know, let him in a safe direction, let, let him hold it, you know, um, take that mystery away. The other thing is they need to understand the damage that thing can do. Um, you, you know, so that, so that there's not this, this, this thing going on where they're sneaking around trying to get it. And then, um, but, but I do lock it up when they were super small. Yeah. Um, if we're again, like, you know, we're having the, the basketball team over to swim in the pool that afternoon, it's locked in a safe. There's, you know, there's no way I'm going to let, you know, cause I don't know who these other kids are. I don't know how they're, they're taught at home. Um, but I would get a lock box. I would get a safe, something like that to keep it in. And yeah, I mean, the thing about, um, you know, home invasions and things like that, which, which obviously have been on the uptick in a while, like you're saying, learn, you know, you know, your own house, um, you know, do you need a gun? I mean, not necessarily. I mean, I would tell you another thing, have a flashlight. Well, I, I wanted a, to, you know, a flashlight is, let, man, let's, let's it, go. I you mean, know, let's interject there real quick. Cause I wanted to bring that up. My suggestion to people, and I'm bringing this up for you to tell me I'm full of shit or I'm correct is a very bright flashlight or headlamp or both. A, a some type of mace oh, yeah. or pepper spray, a nine millimeter and a knife and the knife could be used for many different things, but it's not bad to have that in your dresser drawer beside your bed. Uh, let's say you're a single woman. Um, those yes. things right there. And, and I, go ahead. Well, I, like I, I was going to get into that, you know, I, most people know I'm a blade guy. Um, you know, I've been training with the, uh, the Sayakali guys, and the Atiyah guys for, for decades. Uh, the blade thing has made its way into into the military because everyone now understands how useful of a tool it is. And talking about that home defense thing, again, you know your house better than anybody. Um, a, a blade and, and having basic training in a blade from a from a Filipino, you know, family based system like like those two guys. Um, you know, now now we don't have to worry about over penetration. We don't have to worry about bullets going through walls. We don't have to worry about where the kids are. Uh, a bright flashlight and a blade in your own house, you are the ruler of that kingdom if you know what's going on. And, and I'll tell you another one on the flashlight too. I see a lot of guys, you know, doing what you do for a living, doing what I do for a living. You know, hey, hey, honey, I need you to carry a Glock 19. And, and, and you know, this is not a reality for most people because, um, I mean, my wife does not dress in a capacity where she is going to conceal a Glock 19. Um, you know, she's a girly girl. 
So, um, but, but, a, but a woman having a flashlight, I mean, uh, here's the situation I give people all the time. Your wife goes to the mall to buy Christmas presents. Um, you know, she's walking out with, with two, two hands loaded with, with bags. If she sets the bag down and, and takes that little bitty flashlight out and looks left and looks right before she goes to her car, if there's dudes looking at her with ill intent, I mean, what do you think is going through their head right now? Yeah, well, you know, they're like, they're thinking, okay, this woman has, she's a, got a light. What, what, what yeah. What, what else, else she, got? she got? You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Right. So, and, um, that, that's kind of an easier go. So, and, and with the flashlights and I, I try to explain this a couple different ways and I, and I want to make, make sure I preface that I am not a professional like Kyle on, on home defense, but one of the things, a headlamp has a specific purpose that is very useful and a flashlight has a very specific purpose. When I am, if I'm going to clear a house, I will choose a flashlight in my left hand because it, it is a system compared to a headlamp personally. Now that's just one Absolutely. of the ways that's how I was trained. And so I have a very bright, uh, very small headlamp that I could throw at somebody or stab it in their eye, stab it in their eyeball. If I had to, I never bring that fucker in the field does not go into the wilderness with me. The headlamp does, but total different purposes. So the headlamp I explained is if your power goes out, it's have it in the same spot as your little safety kit, but your, that is not what you grab. If you're worried about somebody coming in the house, um, a, Agree or disagree and explain that a little bit. I like uh, handheld lights pretty much universally um, because you can cut angles and corners way better than you can with a headlamp on. And if you handheld a headlamp, um, you don't, you know, headlamps are, are basically designed, as everyone knows, especially your audience, you know, the width of the beam is really for for us walking around at night or, or, or dressing a deer or, you know, maybe doing a trail run at night or whatever. Whereas handheld lights have a very concentrated beam. So the same amount of candela is going to be, or lumens as it's mostly called in the industry, it's going to be super concentrated and, and going to appear to be brighter. Um, the thing I like about the correct handheld lights is w when the clip is oriented correctly, if you have a baseball cap on, boom, in 30 seconds, or I mean, less than that, three seconds, you've got a headlamp. You just clip it on your, the bill of your hat. So, um, yeah, for home defense, definitely, definitely a handheld all day. Um, and I don't like strobe. I don't like low beam. I don't like any of that. I, bright only is all I want. So I will not even choose a light that has the option of strobing or doing low beam. I, I pick lights that uh, are actually programmable and I, I leave them on high the entire time. If I need to, if I need to make it dimmer, I put my finger over the front lens. So, so you know, hand hand size has a little bit to do with what I pick for light. I pick one that I can palm, and I can essentially turn it into a red lens when I put two fingers over the lens and turn it on. If I need to dip, to go kind of low vis or whatever, but uh, but I think that's that's a way better solution because it just gives you more options when you're cutting corners and looking at stuff. And you know, uh, we we have a technique called bleaching. You know, where we bleach the eyeballs. Um, it's especially on a, on a 90 degree corner. Um, we have somebody coming and, you know, bleach eyeballs and then whatever blades coming in, elbows coming into the face, you know, whatever, whatever your flavor is. So, and I want to uh, have you discuss that a little bit more. And that's um, when you talk about bleaching um, and, and the headlamp, when, when Kyle's talking about cutting corners, um, 
Now, generally, you're not ever going to have to worry about this as a as a as a husband or a wife or anything. But when you have a headlamp on your head and you have to peek around a corner, you are very much exposing your head, which is bad, right? You don't want to be poking your your head around the corner because you yeah. yeah, it's saying here's my head and and here's a giant beam saying where it's at, where you can manipulate the light. Uh, so I would explain it with when I say manipulate it, you your hand can do many different things and your head can stay in one specific position. Talk about bleaching. So people understand that it, it disorientating bleaching. Um, so people understand that because you fire a twelve hundred uh, lumen beam at someone's eyeballs. At the very least, they are disorientated. They're not seeing correctly. And I fuck around with guys at camp constantly because I'm an asshole with my surefire headlamp very bright. I use it for blood training. I'll be like, Hey, look, and I'll turn it on. Can they can't see shit for a minute? Talk about that. So people just for people that don't understand what bleaching is. So when we say bleaching, um, that's essentially, you know, at, at, on its best, uh, its best use is I, I've got the light in a, in an orientation where nobody can really see it. It's not on right now. Again, I know my own house, uh, I'm waiting on a corner. Somebody gets there. The first thing that happens is, is I don't turn it on. I don't click and go on. I do, I get, I do, I do momentary. And I put that in their eyes. And the minute that that happens again, like you said, these, these lights now, I mean, you're talking 50, 60 bucks for a light and it's got 350 to to a thousand lumens. I mean, these things are super bright and it is, if you've never been in complete darkness and had this done to you, every everybody has a reflexive response to that and it's a reflexive response that a human you can't do anything about it your pupils will fucking absolutely dilate you can't do anything about that you're gonna lose uh, orientation for somewhere between two to three seconds and that that's that's the game uh once that happens um again unarmed i mean i'm elbowing right now i'm coming in hard with an elbow to the face or if i've got a blade and i've already id'd a threat you know blades coming in carotid shot, something like that. Um, so you can't really do anything with, with bleaching. You, you cannot defend against it. Um, so it, it is without a doubt, a very useful technique. Um, and it, uh, you know, we know, we know tons of guys who pulled this off real world, like all the time. I mean, not, not, not overseas, just like, you know, bar fight, what you name it. Um, just some, you know, drunk going down the street, fucking with people, you, you know, shit like that, just bleach and, and we can get, you know, ble- bleach a guy and just get out of there. Cause, cause the, by the time two to three seconds, you can be, you know, 10 yards away. So, so yeah, it's I, great. It's great. Technique. So with the bleaching, like I want a, an example of something that's happened, you know, to me over the course of time being a knucklehead, um, it, it, it does not take a very large flashlight to completely fuck someone's world up. And so let's say, you know, hypothetically, you are you are out, man. The guy's bigger than you, or whatever. And generally, a guy that's untrained but like peacocks up, like is really good about you know just scaring the shit out of someone from his sheer size. You hit that guy with a bright beam in his eyes. You are guaranteed to put a devastating blow on him immediately out of the gate because he's going to look away first. Uh, when he's looking away, he's not guarding any of the very you know. Um, uh, the, the the parts of his body, can, you know, especially <laughs> the throat, for example, uh, when he looks away, it's no different than in a house. And I'm only bringing this up so people understand, you know, somebody's coming around a corner in your house, you hit him with a flashlight, 
you have a two to three second window, a minimum to, to fuck that guy up where you're stop, talking about throwing elbows. And in the case of if it's a, a, a wife, right, a spouse or a single woman, um, that could be the, the, the time you have to get the fuck out. Right. Like that. That's time to run. Um, and I, I think people. You, you, I think people watch too many movies, so I want to make sure that's the time to get out of the house, jump in the car, and start screaming or or honking the horn or whatever. It gives you a window of separation between whatever's coming in your house or whatever's on the street or whatever and getting away. Hundred percent. And and again, these flashlights. I mean, people can Google right now. The one I personally carry and I've carried for years is a Streamlight Protac One L. It takes a, a single uh, CR-123 battery, about 350, 400 lumens. Um, I can palm that, uh, you know, little sleight of hand tricks we learn here and there. And you, you don't even, you cannot tell I've got it. And I can have a completely open palm and you'll never see that I have it. Um, you know, a, a, a wife, a, a girl, you know, your daughter, college, whatever, you know, that's something that's in the purse. It doesn't take up any space. Um you know, it can be programmed to be bright, bright all the time. Um, those are the things that a lot of people are missing out when it comes to quote unquote self-defense, because I think people, again, like you say, the movies, like, uh, you know, I'm going to, you know, you're not going to have your, your daughter's not carrying a gun at college. You know what I mean? Your daughter's not carrying a, a blade at college. You, you know what I mean? That's just not happening. Um, there's definitely, you know, that's, that's your highest level win. Um, to get something going on. I mean, you know, there's some other improvised stuff we're, we're pretty fond of, um, you know, like, uh, again, your audience here that's listening to this. I mean, we're, we're a big fan of carabiners. Um, you know, black diamond doesn't know that they black diamond and Petzl's not aware that they make some of the best brass knuckles on the planet. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's, uh, that's as far as I know, that's pretty much legal anywhere in the world. So, I mean, you know, a uh, girl with a flashlight and, and understands, you know, training wise. I mean, we're talking, we're talking an hour, a couple hours here, learn how to hit with it. And, and I mean, you hit somebody in the head with, with a, with a ridged black diamond locking carabiner. Um, this is, you're going to get a reaction. <laughs> I mean, yeah, again, no one can do anything about that, especially after you bleach. Them, so, so on that, like, uh, uh, you know, we've talked about like you, you prefer a nine, a carabiner for multiple different things, including, you know, brass knuckles, uh, you know, some type of a blade, uh, you know, the, the flashlight with the blade aspect, like, um, you know, I, I do have a tendency to make fun of, uh, doomsdayers and preppers that have a giant fucking buoy knife where I'm like carrying like a super small knife. Um, you know, not saying a buoy knife doesn't have its purpose. It, it does. But, you know, for me, I gen, I generally am suggesting something that it is very, I guess you could say utilitarian. It'll fit in a purse, very sharp. Um, you know, you can put it in your pocket, you can put it in your purse, you can have it wherever. But like, what do you suggest for blades, a folding knife, a fixed blade, three inch blade, a six inch blade, like four, when I say that for everything, but also to keep in a purse, a pocket or a drawer, what do you suggest? And I know you're a knife guy, so you're a good guy to ask for this. Um, I am, we don't, in the blade world, as far as fighting, we don't, folders are not a thing for us. Um, we actually, we have a, we call it a broken blade with a pin in it. Um, because the thing about a folder and even if it's got the, you know, the wave option and the, the, the finger loop and all this stuff where you pull it out of your pocket and it opens it, 
you don't have a full grip on the blade during its deployment. At some point in its deployment, you have to have basically a, uh, almost like some kind of weird pinch on it to let the blade open. Um, so I'm not real big on folders. Uh, you know, there are exceptions where, where maybe there's a legality issue and, and I tell people that's fine. Go ahead and lock the folder open and carry it in your pocket locked open. You can do that. It won't cut you. you it's not a problem. And, and now when you draw it, you got a full grip on it. So we like fixed blades. Um, we do not like round square or oval handles. Uh, we like flat handles for concealment. And also when you have a flat handle, the cutting edge is lined up with your knuckles uh, when you grip the blade. So you know where the cutting edge and the tip is all the time, even in the dark. Um, just something for, for all the listeners. I mean, you, you don't have a flat handled blade in your kitchen drawer right now. Um, so that should be kind of a clue for you because when you see a round square oval handle, the, the blade manufacturer is kind of telling you that's made for forward grip and, and used as, as, as a tool, whether it's chopping or cutting or, you know, putting peanut butter on a, on a sandwich. Whereas when you see a flat handle, that's, that's really kind of looking at more of a reverse grip, which is what we're very fond of because that's everybody's got power in reverse grip. You know, a 90 pound female in reverse grip has a lot of power that it's going to be pretty much impossible for someone who doesn't understand counter edge weapon to even begin to stop. Um, as far as sizes go, three inch blade is what I carry. I'm not the biggest guy in the world. I'm five, nine, one seventy. Um, uh, you could probably get away with carrying a five, six inch blade concealed, you know, pretty easily. Um, so we kind of base that off size, but a three inch blade will reach any vital template on the human anatomy. Uh, unless you're dealing with someone who's just oddly big, like Andre, the giant kind of, kind of big, uh, you can get uh, subclavian, brachial, heart, femoral, uh, abdominal aorta, obviously carotids. You, you can get any of those with a three-inch blade. You can, you can actually get any of them with a two-inch blade because um, humans are squishy. Humans, you know, you can push into your own skin an inch. Um, and and we're, we're big on uh, tip design of uh, drop point or spear point. Um, you know, both of those, just for the listener, I mean, uh, they're both symmetrical on both sides. Drop point's got a little bit more width to it at the, at the very tip. A uh, spear point goes in easier. Um, and, and just, you know, we, this is not theory at this point. Um, you know, fighting a 20 year war and, and, uh, having guys that, that have had to use this stuff for real. Um, the spear point is the way to go. It goes in easier. It goes through a medium easier. You know, you're not, you're not fight, fighting naked people. So, um, you know, you're going to go through clothing, whether it's a t-shirt, whether it's a leather jacket with a, you know, YKK number 10 or a Carhartt jacket or whatever it is. Um, a spear point is going to go in there easier. So that's kind of where we like to, to put it. Um, you can get a three inch, uh, you know, fixed blade. Um, it's sub four ounces. I mean, uh, the best one that I've seen that, you know, what I personally carry, I carry a, a what's called a rat. Uh, from headhunter blades um the the entire thing with the sheath is is probably 3.75 ounces so um it, and it will go through i i can put it through an ammo can uh i've, I've done that uh, multiple videos of me on the internet doing that i'll put it through an ammo can and i won't ride the blade i won't get an impact cut on my pinky nothing so um if i can go through an ammo can uh you're, you're not wearing anything that's going to stop it so gotcha so 
with, you know, with, um, so, you know, what, with what we've talked about so far before we kind of move on to a, a different, you know, subject, um, with, with, um, is it available for people listening in to, uh, you know, come and like, it, can, can they sign up for one of your classes? Can, can they learn from you on some of the different things we're talking about now? Is that a, is that feasible? I do combatives in every pistol and carbine class, every pistol and rifle class. I do it. Um, I spend anywhere. It, it's kind of, I don't, I don't really come to a civilian class, even a military class. I don't, I don't really go in with a set curriculum. I really base it off the talent level of what I'm seeing, but, um, we will do a, a, a good amount of combatives in, in every two day open enrollment class. And, and, you know, I tell people like, you know, everyone should be, you know, that, that kind of blue belt level BJJ, meaning you need to know how to throw elbows. I mean, that's just, that's God's gift to you. You can't hurt yourself, uh, but you'll hurt the hell out of other people. So we do that. We do uh, a very simple blade template, um, you know, just very simple arm drags. Um, you know, again, depending on the class, we'll go over a rear naked choke, but, but yeah, I do that in every class. The only classes I don't do that in is scoped rifle simply because, you know, calling wind and, and reading trace is, is a big part of those classes. And that takes away a lot of the time, depending on, you know, obviously, you know, you do, it's just the way the, the, the war gods work. Sometimes you, you do a scope rifle class. There's no fucking wind. You know what I mean? You're like, Holy shit. Everybody's hitting a thousand yards. Um, and then sometimes we get 20 mile an hour left to right. They're like, you got to teach these guys how to, how to read wind and stuff. So those are the classes. That's a class I don't do combatives in, but I do combatives in every class. And, um, because like what we're talking about right now, I think a lot of people with movies, with social media influence, they think a gun is like, like if you carry a gun, you're good. Well, you're not good because I, I can name people. Well, actually me and you know the same people Like I can, we can both name people. You can have a gun on them and it, it's not, if you don't know really what you're doing, it's not going to turn out well. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, it's important to work basic combatives and, and I don't, it's nothing crazy. It's nothing like I'm not trying to turn a guy into a, to a black belt in two days. I'm just trying to, you know, uh, basic skills, you know, like, um, I mean, that could be an entire podcast by itself. I mean, a man, a man needs to know how to throw elbows period. Um, you know, man needs to know how to change a light socket in his own house. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, basic skills to, to me. Um, so yeah, that's, if you come to one of my classes, that's happening. That we're doing that. So where can they sign up for that? And I don't usually, I do that in the beginning of the end, but, um, I, I have, there's a lot of, uh, without sounding like a dick, there's a lot of people out there giving out info. You should not fucking listen to, uh, Kyle is definitely somebody you should listen to. Where can they sign up for that? Um, yeah, if you Google my name, uh, it's, it's DeFore Performance uh, Shooting is the name of the company. It's just Performance is the name we made up because we were drinking too much Coors Light when we when we came up with the company name. But um, it's not Performance, it's Performance just because I was trying to be somewhat humorous. But uh, if you Google it, you'll find it. Um, I think, you know, my classes sell out really fast, the open enrollment classes. Um, you know, I'm kind of fortunate with that. Uh, but I think right now we have like, I know we've got a nods class in Florida, like May of 23. He's got a couple of spots. We got like a carbine in Wisconsin. It's got a couple of spots left in it. 
everything in 22 is already sold out, but there's, um, I think there's maybe a, a, a carbine in Florida that that's got some spots in it. So, so I've got maybe three or four classes that have two or three spots left in them each, something like that. But yeah, they Google, if they Google my name, they're going to see my ugly mug and get way more, way more information than they ever want. Gotcha. Well, cool. So we've talked a little bit about like home, uh, you know, defense and, uh, some of the stuff I want to make sure and highlight is, uh, it's not just the weapons you have. If you haven't figured that out by now, it's like anything in life, you need to learn what the fuck you're doing. Um, and when I, when I say that, uh, uh, a smaller individual with some common sense and a little bit of background will fuck up a guy way bigger than him. If the big guy is just peacocking, it's no different than if somebody's in your house or, you know, if you, you have to have a plan and execute that plan, um, or at least be, you know, on your toes and forward thinking with any kind of situation, whether you're, you're in a vehicle and you're traveling or whether you're in your house, um, you want to be capable of uh, quick thinking, very methodical, but, but, but fast at that. And, and I am not a self-defense home instructor. It's just that I, I hear a lot of different, um, you know, scenarios that people have messaged me. Hey, I was at a gas station. Uh, there was three or four guys that came up trying to sell jewelry. Uh, I didn't know what to do. Uh, you know, wh- wh- what would you have done? Um, and I can tell you what I have done because that's happened many times. But, you know, for example, vehicle was the next one I was going to ask you about. What should people other than a med kit and shit like that? Like, what should people have for def- defense in their vehicle? Um, assuming it's legal in that state, you know, uh, where should they have it? Should they have it under the steering column in the center console? Like, talk about that a little bit, because just with everything going on in the world, you fuck around in Florida right now, you're, you're probably going to get looted. Like, what should people ha- be prepared for? What, the, what should they do? Yeah, I mean, with with vehicle stuff, that's a that's a good one because, um, again, I, I you know, one of the things that that I've done in the past because of of, of my 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 military background, a lot of uh, you know four wheel drive vehicle recovery, um, you you know, like again, you know, guys got uh, you know whatever vehicle and they don't, you know, the vehicle's not set up right. I, I would tell people this, like if you're carrying a pistol in a vehicle, your pistol, your vehicle is not a holster. You know, you need to understand that your center console is not a holster. Uh, will I put it in there sometimes? Absolutely. If I'm going into, you know, a place, you know, a courthouse, a, you know, where a place where I was like, okay, I can't carry a pistol in here. Sure. But like I would carry the gun on you. Um, I would have a, a holster system that you can draw from in the seated position. Um, I would not mount the gun anywhere in the car because with any kind of accident you might have or any kind of dynamic where you have to get out to check something or have any kind of relationship with somebody. Now, now, now your, your vehicle is a holster. You don't have the weapon on you. So same with blades. Now, do I carry a backup blade in the car? Yes, I do. Um, I put mine on the sun visor so that uh, someone would have to be in the you know driver's seat. They, they, it's even difficult to reach it from the uh, from the passenger seat. So, so that's a good one. I do carry a quote unquote truck light. So the flashlight that's in my pocket, just like my gun or my blade, it's on me. But I have a flashlight that it, it, I just put it in the door sleeve. 
so that I can, that's the one I'm working with when I'm in the car. And that one is, <laughs> that that's not a 350 or a thousand lumens. That one's 3000 lumens. And it's, um, you know, it'll, it'll crush you. Um, so I'm a big fan of that. Um, you know, people need to understand the vehicle is a weapon and, uh, you know, we've seen some videos lately. I think, uh, North Philly is the most famous one that happened, you know, last three or four days where a guy's at a gas station, dudes pull up in front of his car. They jump out, literally jump on the hood with guns drawn. There's three or four of them. They carjack this guy. I think they, they shot him. Um, he, he put the car in reverse. You know, the car's a weapon, dude. Hit people with the car. It's a 4,000 pound bullet. So under, you know, don't, if you're in a sketchy situation, don't go and park. Um, understand the way your car works. A lot of people have it set up. So when they go and park, the doors unlock, uh, you know, people count on that. You can change that setting on most every modern vehicle so that it will, when you put it in park, it doesn't unlock it. It doesn't unlock until you either open the door or you hit the unlock button. Um, simple things like that. You know, like you said, med kit, uh, again, I don't, I'm not trying to make guys doctors. Everyone should know how to put on a tourniquet. That's really all you need in the continental U.S. because you're you're within a couple hours of, of a hospital, even out out west. I mean, it's not that far to a hospital. Um, uh, you know, like um, I, I'll tell you a good one here in the East Coast, man. <laughs> this is fucking hilarious. Uh, last winter, they had a uh, a real quick, uh, quick like a, almost like a squall in D.C. Uh, snow, like six eight inches, dropped in a few hours shuts down the interstates of course because they have no infrastructure to, to deal with it you have people stuck in the interstate for 12 to 15 hours and they they're freaking out and it's like you don't have food in your car you don't have water in your car like just normal shit um you know i carry a, a canister stove in my truck it's just in there it's in the center console canister stove uh three mountain house meals two liters of water i'm good you know what i mean um Ability to inflate tires, that's a good one. Um, there's so much good stuff out there now from Home Depot. I mean, you can buy Milwaukee. Milwaukee's got a damn inflator that runs off their their normal uh, their normal chargeable batteries. It'll inflate tires. It, you know, you can program the pressure you want on. It'll inflate it in about 30 seconds. So, um, you know, I, would, I tell people, you know, be prepared for stuff like that. And also be aware of, of, of like, criminal-type activity you know, you come out to your car, you got a flat tire. I mean, think about that for a minute. Well, you know, how'd you get a flat tire when you were in the store? You know, something's up right now. So, um, you know, just that, that kind of awareness of how, how people kind of start that party is very important. And, um, going back to what you were saying earlier about like, you know, one of the things we tell people all the time is <clears throat> weapons are weapons and ill intent starts with hands all the time. So we tell people to track hands, you know, constantly track hands. Uh, in fact, we, I don't even like putting the S on it. I, I like kind of saying hand, hand. I might see a guy who's got a hand in his pocket and the other hand's like loose, just kind of walking along. Um, you know, the hand that's in the pocket is the one that's worrying me right now. And uh, I'll ask, I ask people all the time, like, hey man, can you take your hands out of your pocket? <laughs> you know, and that's a lot of people hear me say that. And they're like, that's kind of weird. And I'm like, well, why is that dude walking up to me with his hands? pocket i mean if you you know like if i saw you and and you know me you like most 
most of us are, are good examples. Like you should not walk up to people with like us with your hands in your pocket. That, that's odd. Um, so if I ask you to take your hands out of your pocket, you shouldn't think that's weird. And most people, if they don't have ill intent, they will take their hands out of their pocket and they'll look at you and turn their head and they'll go, Hey, what's up? And you'll see their hands and you're like, okay, well, that's not a threat right now. If they've got ill intent, they won't take their hand because it's something, they got something in that hand, you know? So, um, well, it's, it's no yeah, different. Vehicles are, no, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I'm just, vehicles are a piece of terrain. It's no different. You know, vehicles are a saddle. Vehicles are a ridge. The vehicles are a valley. It, it's just another piece of terrain we deal with. And I think, um, and this is also if you get pulled over and don't be a dumb shit, um, when you see, especially a, a good, when I say a good cop, but a cop that's been around the block a time or two, um, you know, and I drive too fast, right? So I've been pulled over more than one occasion. I'm lucky enough, I don't get speeding tickets, but I put my hands on the steering wheel when he walks up and I'll say something to the effect of, you know, when he's asking questions, I'll be like, Hey man, I do have weapons in the car. I just want to let you know. Um, I, I, I've got a bow in the back. I've got a pistol here, you know, whatever, like when you pull up and you're fucking around in the center console as a cop is probably, if he is smart pulling out a fucking gun, it is no different when you, um, what, you know, with you're talking about like seeing someone's hands, like, um, somebody has got their hand in their pocket. It's generally in there for a reason. It, look at it the way when a cop approaches a car, don't be fucking around the glove box, right? Like have your hands on the, on the steering wheel. When they come up, explain to them, like, how you doing? Yep. Sorry. I was speeding. Uh, my registration's in the glove box. Do you mind if I grab it? Let them know. And if somebody comes up with both their hands in their pockets to me, it's an immediate red flag, like immediate. And I, oh, yeah. I, I, you know, when I, when I say that, meaning maybe he's, his fucking hands are cold, but I don't give a shit. Um, like, yeah, I, I am the same as you. And this doesn't happen very often, but coming out of a movie theater, this happened to me a few years ago and there was two guys and immediately I was like, Hey, get your fucking hands out of your pockets, chuckleheads. And they were like, what? And I'm like, now out of your pockets. Well, you don't know what's in their pocket, right? You don't know what the hell they're doing. Right. So nothing wrong with asking, right? Like you tell them to get their hands out of their pockets. If they don't, you know, there's a problem immediately. Yeah, hundred percent. And like, and that thing too, like, again, talking about like, you know, the influence of, of social media movies and like what people think is real quote unquote awareness or, or preparedness. I mean, here's what I did when my, my kid turned 16 this January, you know, we gave him a car, right? Cause I mean, obviously it's easier for him to drive to practice in school than it is for us to take him. Uh, pretty normal. You know, first thing, first thing with that, with my son, I mean, I'm like, you need to learn to get pulled over by the cops. You know, like, like you need to burn that rep with your kid, especially if you have a boy. Um, I mean, think about it like this. My kid is 5'11", 180, and he's pretty yoked. Um, if you're a 28, 35-year-old cop and you pull him over, you, you know, what's going through their head is if this guy wants to be a problem, it's, it's going to be a problem. So like you're saying, I, I taught him, hey, man, here's what happens. You turn the car off. The windows are down. Your hands are on the A-pillar. Uh, interior lights are on. You're not moving your hands until you start establishing a relationship with that police officer. You know, it's yes, ma'am. It's no, sir. There's no bullshit about like why you're going fast. You know, and I tell them, I don't, I don't really give a fuck that you get a ticket. You know, um, what we can't have is I can't have a kid 
like mine, who looks like mine, moving quick to the console or the glove box because, you know, what's going to happen when that 35-year-old cop who's been on the force for five years who who did, he was a former, you know, Marine who did three pumps in Fallujah and one in Ramadi. You know what I mean? What's he going to do? Well, I know what he's going to do. He's going to skin that pistol. And I would do the same thing because I'm like, hey, this this could be a problem, you know. Um, you know, so teach them how to act like that. And, and if you think about that, what we just talked about, we're kind of teaching, like, show your hands. Show this guy or girl your hands so that they have a good feeling about what's going on. And then when you don't see hands on other people, be be aware of that and be, and have a plan to deal with that. And and I don't, I'm not, um, this sounds like I'm an extremely, extremely um, paranoid person. I, I am not paranoid. I'm just prepared. And Kyle, much more than me. Um, whether you're getting pulled over, you're preparing yourself, again, have a plan. Is like, And again, a plan can be if I get pulled over and I know I have weapons, have a plan how you're going to handle it, meaning hands on the steering wheel. But if you, um, and I agree with you as far as one of the things I want to talk about with a pistol in the car, I keep my pistol uh, it's basically upside down in the side com- side portion of my center console where I can just grab it. The reason I do that, the amount of chuckleheads, especially when I'm in Texas, uh, near El Paso, um, at gas stations, you know, whatever the drug trafficking, all the different shit goes on. I have that. So I can put that under my left leg for when people come to the car window. Now, when I say that I'm not and Kyle could give you totally different advice than me. I have one upstairs ready to go. I put it under my left leg. It is ready to go. Meaning I don't want to run anyone over in my fucking car if I don't have to, but I will do it. But when you pull a gun out for a crackhead, that doesn't mean you're going to shoot them, but it shows very much that you are serious and you have very, um, what would you call that? I have intent, right? I I am not fucking around where you are fidgeting. You're trying to lock the door. You're, you you know, you're nervous as shit. You want to have a solid, I I guess, I don't know, I'll explain that a little bit better. When you show you're not fucking around, people go away. It, It solves problems immediately when, like you talked about the flashlight or you have the pistol ready or whatever. When, when people see you're not nervous, that is very nervous to them. Um, and I think that's huge when you have a vehicle because people may be trying to take the damn vehicle. Oh yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, the only thing I would, I would say like a couple of things that, that I would tell people. And again, n- now we got to talk about like the continent, uh, the, the country we live on in the continent, you know, where you are right now, Texas, basically the West a little bit different than the East in the aspect of when I, the first thing, when I get pulled over, I do not tell the cop that I have guns. Um, I wait until he, even if it's a, a, a notify state, uh, I won't do that. And here's why, because when they run, when they run your tag, I have a concealed carry permit. It's going to pop anyway. They already know the answer when they pull you over. When he says you have weapons in the car, I will start that conversation with, I have nothing illegal in here, sir. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm saying that because guys east of the Mississippi, uh, you know, we deal with states like Jersey, New York state, um, 
Massachusetts, Connecticut. Uh, these are places where once you say a certain thing, you've basically given them permission to search. And depending on, you know, if you're, what kind of ammo you're carrying and if it's, you know, if it's not locked up and if it's, you know, the gun's accessible to the driver and yada, 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 you're kind of getting into a little bit of a gray area that could turn into a little bit of a shit show. Um, a good cop, when you say that, I have nothing illegal in here, sir. Um, they're kind of reading between the lines right here going, okay, got it. You know, he's not from Jersey. Uh, I know he's got a concealed carry fucking permit. He told me nothing illegal in here, and he's showing his hands on the A-pillar. And, and you're developing this really good relationship out of the gate. Um, whereas, you know, if I was in Texas, yeah, yeah absolutely, dude totally different dynamic than Jersey. You know what I mean? Um, so that's like, that's like one thing. Um, the other thing about, I, I would not produce a weapon on a person unless I was going to use it. And the reason I say that to most people, most of the listeners is it, it's, if I produce a gun on somebody because something's happening, like four or five guys swarm in the car my wife and kid are in there and they're, you know, Hey, give me a dollar for the bus, that kind of bullshit. If I produce that gun, uh, now I'm kind of like in a position where if something happens, it's going to get used because if it doesn't get used, it's going to get taken. Um, so I'm more of the aspect of, and, and I'll tell you like people, this is why you need training. This is why you need to hang out with people like, uh, you know, some of, some of me and me and some of my, my, my contemporaries, because it, you know, you're an example. Everybody knows what you look like. If I see you in a parking lot, once you do a certain movement, once you walk and stand a certain way, most people are going to go, okay, that's not the guy, you know, that that's immediately what they're going to do. Um, now you go that the, the opposite side of that, a small female, she produces that gun if if there if she doesn't have a high level of of preparedness, meaning like a high level of training with that gun, now somebody could come in quick and take it from her. And and especially if she doesn't have the willingness to do that, if she hasn't thought through this process, that could turn into a real bad situation. So I would say there's times maybe yes, but but there's times maybe no because depending on your level of of talent. It, it could turn into a way worse situation. And and we see that with cops a lot. You know, they produce the gun almost using it as a deterrent. They're not really willing to use it. Uh, they probably shouldn't have drawn it out. And now they've gotten into a bad situation because they don't, they can't hit people. They don't know how to throw elbows or they don't know how to deal with just a basic fight. So I think that's a very, there's not a really right or wrong. It's just, it's a gray area depending on what you look like. You know, what your uh, ability to put violence on another human is like and what, you know, what your experience level is. So that, that's kind of a deep one, man. That's a, that's a, well, let's, that's a podcast. Right let, there. <laughs> let's touch on that just a little more because, and again, this is why I'm glad you're on here. Uh, and I should have, uh, you know, had brought that up. Somebody comes to my vehicle after I've, and I'm not saying I'm like Billy badass, the baddest dude in the world. Somebody comes to my vehicle after I've walked into the gas station back out and got in my truck, I'm pulling the fucking gun out and I have every intention of using it without a doubt. Because if you've seen that and you come to my vehicle, 
you you probably have a fairly good idea of what you're locking on to. And I, I feel right. I need to take it to another level. Like, okay, these guys are serious, but I also have no doubt. And I have no issue one with pulling the weapon out and two using it. But I also mentioning that I did fuck up and what you brought up is very important. I have been in multiple situations. Well, I won't say multiple, a few I don't know what the percentage is. A lot of people that pull a weapon out do not ever intend to use it. And then it gets taken from you. And Kyle, this may be another podcast that that is very important. If you have a weapon and I've had people make jokes about me because I'm not a big gun guy. I have a few of them. And I've always been like, well, I'm just going to take my neighbors. He's got a shitload. Yeah, when I say that, meaning it's, it's a joke. I'm not going to take my, well, I might, but I mean, I, a lot of people that have weapons are not uh, prepared or trained or whatever to use those weapons or know when to use them. Um, you know, there is a right and wrong time to show a weapon, to use a weapon or whatever, which is something you can cover. We can cover in a different podcast. When I'm in fucking Texas and someone comes to my vehicle, I'm pulling a gun out and I am going to use it because it's gone to a different level. And I, I think you kind of explained that a lot better than I did. I am not going to get jacked, raped, stolen, pillaged, whatever, outside of El Paso. Uh, one, they have very liberal gun laws. Two, again, they come to my door. Shit's about to go down. You know what I mean? They go to the door of my truck. Yeah. And, and I mean, and that's, that's kind of what I'm talking about with, you know, like you're driving a, you know, you're driving a pickup truck of some kind, right? I mean, if they... And again, the way you look, uh, you know, it's like, hey, dude, like, it's, it's, they're not making a mistake here. Like, they, why are they doing this? And I can't see their hands. Like, there's something going on here. Um, but, you know, you get some people that I think they think this gun is a force field of, you know, it's like some kind of fucking Jedi mind trick where if you pull it out, like, people are going to go away. And I can tell you, man, there are there are hundreds and probably thousands of people criminal wise that if you pull a gun on, they don't give a fuck. Um, they're like, yeah, that's, that's Tuesday morning in, in my neighborhood. Like that's not a thing. Um, so, so you do need to think about that. You do need, you know, the bottom line is training. Um, you need to think about second and third order effects. You know, if you shoot somebody in wherever you're at, you know, second order effect, you're going to jail for a little bit, right? I mean, that's, that's universal. Uh, third order effect, I mean, where, you shoot somebody in, in Jersey or New York or Massachusetts or Chicago, I mean, it's not going to be good, dude. You shoot somebody in Texas, I mean, let's just be honest. It's like, whatever. They're going to be like, yep, that guy had a blade. He came up to your gun, to your car door, uh, you know, whatever. It got it, you know, you're probably out in 20, 24 to 48 hours. Um so people need to consider that and just don't just, it, there's no blanket answer. There's uh, there, there's, there's really, uh, you know, a lot of different answers depending on the situation. But, but I would tell people too, Hey man, you get in your car, somebody comes up to it, take off drive, you know, don't have emotional attachments to your vehicle. Um, that's another piece about vehicle training. We tell, we tell people that all the time where there's military guys. Cause I do a lot of vehicle convoy stuff for the military to, uh, still to this day, just because of my past experience. And, um, you know, we see people who have emotional attachments to cars. 
meaning that they they don't want to leave the vehicle. They don't want to they don't want to drive over a curb. They don't want to, you know, break the side mirror off because it's too tight to fit between these two cars, even though they could fit between those two cars and get away. Um, so, so don't have emotional attachments to things like that. That's something that we see a little bit in law enforcement as well. Um, you know, we tell cops all the time, like you got a radio on your body. You don't need the car. It don't have an emotional attachment to it. You know, if somebody, if somebody's firing at your car, you need to not be in your car. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so that, that, again, that's an important piece and, and it's just a training thing. It's just getting with people that, that have done this in some capacity and, and, and kind of have a, a good outlook on it. And when you're talking about training and, and I'm not bashing anyone specifically there, there are a lot, um, uh, one of the reasons I don't train on these specific aspects is I, I am not, I'm not, uh, I'm not, uh, it's not my thing, right? I can handle myself, but I, I am not, uh, I don't have a good conscience to train others on, on some of this stuff. Um, I, I would strongly suggest, um, and I don't, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to sound, it would say this without sounding like a dick. Um, we just were at war for what, 20 years, what, roughly. I mean, yeah, you, 20. You, okay. It's a good idea to probably get training from someone that was, that was at the bulk of that combat because it is different in third world countries than it is here in the United States, meaning there's a lot more hood rat shit going on, a lot more. You are getting more applied knowledge when you are over there. Um, one of the things when you talk about, uh, you know, self-defense uh, physically, um, the the best meme I have is the Napoleon Dynamite uh, guy with the with the big baggy pants. You know, you don't want to get a roundhouse kick from. There is very applied self defense hand to hand that is very important for uh, women, men, and everything else. Uh, much like with 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 the vehicles and and you know house clearing and everything else. Talk a little bit about um, self defense, literally person to person, hand to hand, and what you suggest for people because movies are really probably the bane of existence for um, certain people that think they, they can actually take a gun out of someone's hand or things like that. Like my biggest thing is get the fuck away like that. That is the big thing. Like distance and space are your friend. But talk a little bit about that. Like we, we've talked about weapons, but hand to hand, a woman's walking home. She was at a bar um, and someone attacks them. What should they do? Yeah. So, so like one thing on that, I think that people need to understand is that at a certain point, you've got to be honest with yourself. Um, you know, there's going to be a time where, you know, the best combatives guy in the world is going to be too old to do it for himself. You know, he could have, you know, Hoist Gracie is going to be 85 years old at some point. Um, hoist would actually still be pretty dangerous at 85, but okay. He's 95. He's a hundred, you know, at some point he's going to be too old to do it right for himself. Think about that for a minute and then be honest with yourself. And, and, and especially on the female side, and I have trained female uh, military operators. I've trained female cops. You know, I think that there is a definite, quote unquote movie social kind of thing where, you know, you're telling this girl, Hey, just kick him in the balls and it'll be fine. And I'm like, it's not going to be fine. Like that's not, you're not going to go up to, um, 
Aaron Snyder and kick him in the balls and he's going to go away. That's, that's not going to happen. If you're, you know, five foot one and you weigh 90 pounds that, that you're not being honest with her. She's not being honest with herself. Um, so there's, there's gotta be that going on and you got to look at it as, as like, okay, I can't, you know, cause what's Aaron Snyder going to do? He's just going to pick you up and put you where he wants you to be. He's going to pick you up and throw you down on the ground. That's what's going to happen. Um, so, you know, okay. So if, if you ID that and you're like, okay, I'm not the biggest guy, I'm not the biggest girl, whatever. You probably need to look at a real higher level of training, getting into some real combatives, you know, some BJJ, uh, some Kali based stuff that works, not some bullshit. And then, um, really you probably, if you, if you're smaller, if you're older, if you're weaker, you probably need to look at tools. And when I say tools, that could be a gun, that could be a blade, that could be, you know, a, a sap, that could be brass knuckles, that could be a, a multitude of things. But here, here's one thing I told people, uh, you know, the last, uh, I think the last podcast I was on a while back, I I said, look, if you think about this, if I take, um, I'm just going to pick a guy right now. I'm going to pick, um, Justin Garcia from, from jungle gym MMA in in Bronx, New York. He's a black belt in jujitsu, uh, 30, 30 plus years doing it. If I gave a, if I gave your wife all of his knowledge, you know, like she has it. She, she, she has every real fight he's been in. Uh, he's been to Abu Dhabi twice invited, you know, uh, all that. She, she's got it all. The bottom line is I'm still going to pick her up and throw her to the ground and she can't do anything about it. Yeah. If I put a blade in her hand, that's a problem for me. That That's a big problem right now. Like, like, you know, and, and I told, I told people the last time I said, you could take a 12 year old kid. You take a 12 year old kid that really is defenseless when it comes to, to hand to hand, quote unquote, hand to hand. I put a blade in their hand. Uh, I've, I've got a problem that I, that I really, it's going to be very difficult for me to deal with right now. Um, so, so I would tell people to be honest with themselves like that. And, and like you said, honestly, the highest level win is to go is just get away. The, the highest level win is to get out of the situation. Yes, we're always training worst case, but I don't think people really track that even in the military, on very high levels in the military, we we literally work tactics that that are that are based on us not really getting into a, a an equal fight. I mean, all the tactics are based on us being basically super sneaky or 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 getting away before anybody knows what's going on, and that's your highest level win, which now comes down to awareness. You know, if it's a, Hey, if, if you got to go to this place at night and you know, there's shit that goes on there and there's been some high crime, don't go there. Um, go somewhere else. So you know, wait till the daytime. Uh, let, let's talk about this a little bit more. And I've talked to my wife at this at great depth. Um, and, and, and anybody listening in, if you're a guy and you're good with chicks, right, you can go to a bar and listen in, um, and probably get laid, uh, like listen into the conversations around you. Um, predators are the same way if they're a good one. And when I say that, meaning it is very easy to listen into a conversation at a bar, 
you know, three, four, five, six women's night out listening in um, what's going on. And, oh, you know, you're out. Oh, you're from out of town. Oh, me too. Where are you staying? Like, it doesn't take a lot to get, you know, some info real quick if you're slick about it. And again, situational awareness when you're drinking, it's a little bit more of a problem, but like situational awareness is important. And people, I think, don't understand what that means. That's not just that a guy likes to sit with his back against the wall, uh, you know, at a, at a, you know, at a diner, right? I mean, paying attention to what's going on around you, that's easy enough. You know, you can see, oh, yeah, here's some badass dudes getting ready to stir some shit up, getting ready to drink at the bar. But also, who the fuck is talking to you? Do you know this person? Did they happen to walk into your conversation listening in to something that they shouldn't have understood or known about? Meaning like if it's somebody that, walk, you know, they've obviously been paying attention and what to do, like if you... um think that there's a problem and understanding that there might be a problem. And, and again, when I talked about distance and space earlier, that's obviously a, a black and white or, you know, obviously get away, make space between you and your opponent or whatever. But if you're at a bar and you're drinking and you're not paying attention to what the fuck is going on around you, whether it be roofies or, you know, people following you home or whatever, all of those things, if you are paying attention can be stopped. There's remedies to those. Um, so, you know, you see people like put tons of stickers on the back of their car. I always get a kick out of that because it shows you have money. It shows you have kids. It shows like you're giving a person your entire life off the back of your car. Oh, I have four kids. You know, people have the little baby and the whatever. Um, you know, there's certain things that people need to pay more attention to. If you're at a bar again, what you're talking about, how loud you're talking, are people listening in? I mean, people get themselves into big trouble from their own doing um, specifically. And I, I know I don't want to just say women, but in general, women, they put themselves in those situations a lot of times just by not thinking and, 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 and not really paying attention to who's listening in. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that, that's correct. And, and I mean, there's, I mean, everything you brought up right there, like, um, you know, we've had guys come to class and like, Hey man, my car got broken into last night. And I'm like, well, no shit. You got an NRA sticker and a Magpul sticker on the back window. No shit. I got broken into, you, you know what I mean? So like, I mean, just think about that guy walks by, he's like, Hmm, NRA Magpul, probably a gun in there. If not a gun, probably some ammo. If not ammo, probably some t something that I can sell, pawn, whatever, and get some money. You know what I mean? Uh, that's a good one. Um, you know, the um, – God, I mean, like, again, I taught my daughter before she went to college. And, and this comes down to, again, awareness. Like, I think there might be some people who, like, they might have the head in the, in the sand a little bit as far as, like, well, my kid's not going to drink when they go to college. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, so, so I, we taught her, we're like, Hey, look, here's the deal. You drink beer and you carry it with you. And if you drink a mixed drink, you never take one that's in a cup from a person. And if you take a beer from a person, if it's opened, you say, no, thank you. Where'd you get it from? Where's the cooler? You go get it yourself and open it yourself. You, you know, just simple stuff like that. Um, that's that to me, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, was it like this 80 years ago? Probably not. Right. But it's like that now and that's the way it has to be. Um, so yeah, having some kind of awareness to you like that, again, tracking people's intentions in their hands, you know, what they look like. Um, 
you know, like talking about this, just this fighting thing. I mean, you get a guy in a bar who's, you know, rolled shoulders, traps are on top of his freaking neck, and he's got cauliflower ears. You can expect that if that dude can't handle his alcohol, he is going to be a problem at some point tonight. So just go somewhere else, man. (laughs) You know what I mean? Pay your tab and go to another bar. Get away from that dude. Tell the bouncer that guy, you know, scares you, whatever. I mean, the highest level win is don't get into anything always. Um, which we, we tell people that all the time and they, they look at it and they go, well, you guys know all this and you know this and you've done that. And, you've done, and we're like, yeah, but I mean, the easy, think about it. The easiest win is don't get into it. So, um, I think that's a huge thing, man. Um, we train that a lot with, with different, different groups. Um, you know, just how to track, uh, you know, we call it the, we call it shoe, shoe watch and, uh, sunglasses. We call it the shoe watch sunglass drill, you know, definitely, definitely around, you know, different, different, uh, parts of the country where you're like, this guy's wearing this, this kind of shoe, he's wearing this watch and he's got these sunglasses on top of his head. I mean, you know what he does for a living, you know? So, um, you know what kind of person he is. Um, and, and, and you can do that anywhere, anywhere in the country, as long as you, you know, what's going on and you know, you know, your own surroundings. So yeah, that's a huge thing. You know, and, and kind of to add to this, like for any husband that's listening in screaming, like, you know, Oh, my wife does this or whatever, like a, a hypothetical, you know, your, your, your wife and her friend are traveling out of town for whatever reason. Then, and they're staying in town a, but they're uh, visiting town B and they're in town B and they're drinking and they're talking, but they're heading back to town a, if there's a predator in there listening, that and when I say a predator, somebody that's slick that, that you know wants to stuff him in the trunk of a car, he's listening in. He doesn't know where they're staying, and he comes up and he you know let's say they're talking about oh they came up here to buy a vehicle, oh yeah, yeah I'm a car salesman I'm you know whatever bullshit he you know he he comes up with because he's been listening to you. Where are you guys staying? Oh we're staying in you know town A. Oh okay cool geez yeah you know what oh yeah I love that restaurant wherever oh yeah we ate there this morning. You just basically told him within half a mile of where you're staying, right? So that person now knows where you're staying, whether that's 20 miles away or whatever. And that person could very easily drive back from the bar halfway and act like his vehicle's broken down. Your, your wife and her friend are driving back. Oh, that's that. There's that nice man at the bar broken down. It did not take him too much info, you know, to figure out, where he needed to be between point A and point B, act like his vehicles broke down. And next thing you know, you're in the, the trunk of a car, like just situational awareness, just, you know, understanding what the hell is in front of you and listening in. And, you know, obviously that's very easy for me to say, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, six, one and two twenty. but I mean, you know, paying attention to what's going on around you is, is half the battle or, or more, or at least in my you know opinion, um, not to beat that dead horse to death, but. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it is. Um, get away from, you know, don't have your head in the phone. You know, just simple stuff. I mean, that's how we start some of these conversations on some of these classes we talk about because, you know, we're like, hey, you guys have your head in the phone the whole time. You don't know what's going on. Um, you know, uh, ask, you know, talk to people like uh, whoever the, the concierge at the hotel. Hey, where's a good place to go? Where's a safe bar to go to? Um, to a point where, I mean, I've, I've told people before, like you go to a bar, like talk to the bartender. Hey, 
Like, do you know this guy? Nope, never seen him before. Well, he's talking to us. You know, like, like, can you can you get him away from us? You know, stuff, just easy stuff. Uh, the thing is, is, and there's a ton of books written on this kind of shit, where people, you know, when you look at victims of crimes, uh, or sometimes we call it volunteers to crimes because they knew it was coming and they, they kept going and kept going. They, they all say the same thing. They're like, yep, it didn't seem right. Like, damn, man, that's, that's your, that's your, that's that thing that, that we, no one has been able to identify yet. They call it a sixth sense. They call it all this different stuff. And it's like, if something doesn't feel right, it's probably not right. You know, um, go with that, go with your gut. You know, I think a problem too now, nowadays is people, when they go with their, if they go with their gut and they, you know, nothing happens that night or whatever, they, they have this thing going on. Well, we probably made a mistake. It's like, you know, you don't know if you're correct. And I think, you know, it's just like that, that, um, that adulation people get on social media because they get so many likes or they get so many followers or whatever. They don't know if they were correct and it kills them. And I think that might be a big part of modern society with people as far as like, you know, staying safe and things like that. So go with your gut, man. That's the thing. No, a hundred percent. I mean, one of my old uh, team leaders, you say all the time, like, if, if you think you're wrong, you're wrong. Like if, if you think something's wrong, it is wrong. And, you know, not again, I don't want to beat that horse to death, but, um, yeah. And I, anyway, I'll get off that subject, but, uh, we've been on over an hour, man. We've covered a ton of stuff. Is there anything else you want to hit, uh, you know, for people listening in with what we've talked about so far? Um, no, I mean, like me and you talked earlier today about PT. That was kind of a good conversation. Um, I'm glad I called you. I'm glad I texted you, you know, like I'm injured right now. I can't run. Um, <laughs> we were talking about getting old was yeah. what we were talking about. We're, we're, yeah, we're basically talking about we're both old and we beat the fucking piss out of ourselves the whole, the whole time. And, you know, um, I, I think that's an interesting dynamic as far as like, you know, I think emotional, emotional attachments, right? I have an emotional attachment to running for cardio and it's like, I'm getting to the point where I can't do it because of, of so many injuries. And, um, you, you know, but, we, but we both still, we, we figured out a way to, to keep, to keep doing that. I think that's an important thing for people is, is, you know, physical fitness is a big, big deal and it, it, it needs to be a big deal. It needs to be something you teach your kids. It, it, it's not a, it's not something that's ingrained in schools anymore. Even when I was a kid, you know, I remember I, I got a, I got a letter from Ronald Reagan for the presidential fitness challenge. Remember that thing? Yeah. You know, that was a long time ago, <laughs> but you know, they don't do that anymore because right. It makes people feel bad, right? Some kid can't do fucking pushups or whatever the fuck the, the thing is. And, um, you know, I think it's important that, you know, people listening to this, obviously they're hunting, they're backpacking, they're hiking, they're doing whatever they're doing in, in our world. And, uh, you know, that it just, it's an, it evolves, right? We, we, you got to just keep doing it. You got to keep figuring it out and, and don't give up on that. You know, that's, that's an important thing. I mean, uh, and pass it on to your kids, you know, that's, that's a big deal. No, a hundred percent. And really what, you know, Kyle and I were talking about earlier was just, how to stay fit, uh, without beating your body up, you know, even more than you already, you know, you already are, which obviously led us to this podcast. But I think that, uh, you, you and I are about the same age, you know, obviously getting closer to 50 than we are to, you know, to 40. Um, 
you know, you know, with that, whether it be physical fitness or like the training we have or, you know, whatever, um, I think that, uh, you know, as you, you know, you get older, you realize one, you're not invincible, right? I mean, like I'm learning that, you know, day by day, like, okay, I've, I'm, I'm running on borrowed time and I, and I have to pick my battles. Um, and totally off the subject of what we were just talking about, but you know, you and I have some of the same issues where I'm like, man, I don't do that much cardio anymore. Like I I've got to save the miles in my body. So I do high intensity, you know, workouts. I do, you know, whatever. Um, and I think you and I are within, you know, we're about a year apart. So I think, what are you, 47, I'm 46 or something like that. Um, you have, you know, abused your body for, you know, 40, you know, years, 30 years, whatever. Um, I think that, uh, you know, how many years do you have left? I guess, what do you think you have of high intensity, like, you know, run around with a ruck on fully kitted up? I mean, what do you got left? You know, that's the thing is like, uh, dude, when I hit 44, 43, 44, that's when I, I, I could not run. I had to basically take, I could run and I'd have to take two days off and I could run again. You know, so, so I mean, that's the thing. I don't, I'm, I don't know. I don't think I have, it, not at the pace I was doing it. It's like, and I think here's the thing. We, we have emotional attachments to thing we've, things we've done in the past. You know, I used to do ultra marathons and, you know, all this, whatever it is we've done. And it's like, what, you've got to basically break it down and go, okay, I don't have to do cardio every day. I would like to, but I, there's, I don't really have, you know, I could ride a stationary bike or whatever, but with my travel schedule, I'm stuck in a Hampton Inn and you know, their, their version of a gym is, is like uh, one fucking dumbbell, one set of 25 dumbbells, you know, I can't do that. I got to do it in my hotel room. So it's push up, sit ups, you know, maybe pull ups if I can find a bar, maybe dips if I can find something. Uh, you know, like you said, uh, squat thrust, uh, you know, burpees, things like that. Um, but I think the goal is I want to be in shape to do what I want to do. And what I want to do is, yes, I do want to still run up and down the range with with these guys that are 20 years younger than me. Um, but and, and, you know, what do you want to do? You want to still go out there and hunt, and you know, these two-week backpack trips and, you know, this shit. You've got to make it to where, you, you know, you don't have that. You've only got so many miles in the body, I guess is a good way to say it. Like, you know, what a car has, you know, a car can go 200,000 miles, 250,000 miles. And that's basically what a human is. And I think some of us, because of lifestyle choices, we, we might have spent, you know, 50 or 75 or 100,000 pretty early. And, and we've got to figure out a way to, to milk that, that extra hundred thousand, uh, you know, till the end of our time. So, um, yeah, it's tough, man. I mean, that, that's what I want to do though. I want to continue to be able to train people, uh, you know, still be in shape, you know, uh, like you were saying, like I've changed my diet, uh, changed my workout. Um, you, you know, it, but it's funny cause you're like, okay, look, I know I'm shrinking. I'm not as big. You know, and people, it's like, it's a, okay. It's not a big deal. I'm still strong, you know, like shit like that. Um, you just got to keep doing that, man. Find that motivation. And and sometimes finding that motivation is, is calling up somebody and going, Hey man, am I crazy? Or, you know what I mean? Or, or what do you do, you know, or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's pretty important. No, for sure. And I mean, believe me about the same time frame where I was like, okay, I'm running on borrowed time. Like shit was starting to hurt. It didn't hurt before. And I'm like, okay, I really need to, 
uh, I don't want to say evolve, but kind of evolve. Like, okay, what do I need to do to stay as fit as I possibly can be, not take years off my knees, my life, my legs, whatever, you know, but also not degrade, like go backwards. Um, and I, I think, you know, there's much more qualified, you know, professionals than, than me or, or Kyle, as far as physical fitness goes. But, you know, the thing is you want to do it for as long as you can. I don't go do dumb shit anymore. That makes no sense. When I used to leaning, running across the wilderness, looking for shit that I may not be able to hunt for 10 years. Like, you know, it's very, you know, for me, I, I have very calculated decisions on what I go do. And my training is way more low. I used to power lift. It's way more low impact. I do a lot of squat thrusts. You know, I do a lot of push ups, pull ups, dips. I do, you know, a lot of things that are low impact. You know, I'm not cleaning and jerking anymore. I don't deadlift heavy weight anymore. I don't do anything that I think is going to take years off my life. And I, you know, I know what you used to do, you know, run a fucking around with a 60 pound, 65 pound ruck on, uh, it is not healthy for you. I mean, like it's compressing your spine. It's fucking up your knees. Your hips are bad. And I mean, I don't know what your would look like if you did a full MRI and CAT scan, uh, you know, CT, whatever, top to bottom. But I would say that you probably have the what the body of a 70 year old guy um, as a guess. You know, I mean, you've got some issues, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you a, a quick story uh, before you get out of here. I had to go back to the VA, um, I don't know, eight years ago, seven years ago. And, um, just because the VA has changed the way they do things. And, and I got hit with an IED when I was over there. So, so I had some TBI issues that, you know, when I got out, they, they just didn't have the technology to kind of diagnose a lot of that stuff. And so anyway, I had to go back. Um, the doctor literally told me, uh, from x-raying my lower back, my neck, my, my hips, my knees, he's like, look, you know, straight up, what do you do right now for, for PT? And I told him. And he goes, all right, here's the deal. Don't stop. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, like I can't run every day. I can't even run every other day. He's like, that's fine. You know, what I'm, he's like, what I'm saying is don't stop PTing because if you stop moving, it's going to be a problem. Like, like it's going to be a big problem and it's going to be a big problem very fast because, you know, just, just again, that, you know, 10, 10 plus years of, you know, 700 free falls with, with all kinds of shit strapped to me, you know, you know, 10 plus years of, I, I, and we never do anything without, you know, body armor, a helmet and at a minimum, you can see a minimum, you got 25 pounds on you. Um, you know, recce guy, like I was, you, you know, you're running a rucksack. So you, you know, you just like you and, and all these, these backpack hunters, I mean, you're carrying all this weight. So, uh, I thought that was very interesting. And, and he's like, you know, like you got to keep going because you're at a point where if you do stop, if you take six months off, a year off or whatever, and just sit around and, you know, eat ho-hos and don't do anything. It, it, it it's net you, you're fucked. And uh, I was like, holy shit. That kind of scared me into some reality where I was like, okay. You know, which I've developed a good base. I mean, most of us have. Anybody listening to this podcast has probably developed some base of, of PT, which which is a big part of, you know, uh, talking to a lot of these guys. Like like you're talking about guys that know more about this than me and you, like like the Mark Twites and the and, and the guys like that of the world who, who are like, hey, you, you've got a good base, so you're pretty okay as long as you just do something. And then just not having that emotional attachment where it's like, Hey man, I can't do 30 pull-ups anymore. 
because my damn shoulders will come out of their socket. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that's a big thing. It's, it's just, you know, again, evolving. It, it is an evolving. Like you said, I mean, that's a great word. I'm going to use that. It, we're evolving. Uh, we're getting older and uh, we just got to be smart about it to keep being able to do what we love, love to do. Yeah, hundred percent. I just, uh, I look at it like right now I want to stay as, uh, you know, as lethal as fit, uh, you know, as I don't say dangerous, but I mean, I, you know, I want to be able to, uh, you know, if, if, if we've got a ruck to the top of a mountain, you know, I want to be able to keep up with the crew, but I don't want to take years off of my life while I am training to be able to do that. And, and as I got older, I, I just had to figure out a better way to do that. Meaning, I'm still as fast as I ever was, but the next day might hurt a little bit. I want to make sure, you know what I mean? Like I can still go like a motherfucker, but I, I, I'm going to be in a little bit more pain than I was before. So diet and nutrition has been a big part of that as well. But, um, you know, I think whatever we can handle this on a totally different podcast, uh, Matt Chan is a guy that I, I look to, he's a big CrossFit guy and, and, and getting older as well. So he has a good advice, but, um, I, it's no different, I would say, than self-defense. You got to have a plan. It's got to be a good one, and you got to execute that plan, or, or you're going to end up fucking yourself over in the long run. So that's it. That's it. Have a plan. You know, free training. Track people's hands every day. There you go. That's the homework for everybody listening. Go to well, next time you're gassing up. Look at people's hands. Next time you're at Walmart, look at people's hands. There you go. We just gave you some good stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. Well, Kyle, I appreciate you coming on and, uh, any, uh, give everybody your Instagram page. Uh, not, you probably want more people on there, but, uh, so they can kind of check a look, you know, take a look, see what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, so first off, because I, I am a gun dude, uh, I am completely shadow banned. So, uh, you will have to type it completely into the search engine to even find me. Um, uh, that, that's a, that's a reality with most of us gun people, uh, just the, the way it is on, on social. It's a uh, DeFor, D E F O R, Proformance, uh, just like it sounds, P R O, Formance, uh, shooting. And uh, yeah, you find me on there. And you can go to the website. There's a link on there. And, and you can find there's articles I've written about shooting and, uh, you know, mindset and different stuff on there when you get on the website. And like I said, there's a few classes left for 23 uh, Wisconsin, Florida, some nods, some pistols, some carbines. So, yeah, man, get out and train. That's the thing. And even if you, hey, you don't have to train with me, train with somebody. But, but you know, training is the way. Um, as as most anybody will tell you, that's the only way you're going to get good at, at whatever it is you want to get good at. So, that's me, man. And uh, hey, I really appreciate you having me on here. Uh, probably the biggest podcast I've ever been on by far. How many followers are, do you have? How many people listen to your podcast? Mm, about eighty thousand a month. I, we're at several, you know, million, you know, downloads. In fact, I yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We're at several million downloads. I mean, the cool thing with us is we we don't we, we don't have sponsorship money, so we can pretty much do you know or say whatever we want. And the big one with this one is I have you know I have my wife uh, who I worry about who, you know as far as the self defense. I have a lot of you know husbands that talk to me about like hey my wife travels whatever. And it, it is difficult for me to send. Um, certain individuals uh you know for information because i just don't trust a lot of people and you were one person i was like fuck i gotta get you on the podcast we can talk about this so i you know we we may have a huge following man but i'm glad you got on here this has been great info and i you know i'm gonna suggest this for a lot of people to listen to so thank you yeah thank you man it's awesome and uh appreciate everything you do for uh 
for everybody and, and the gear you make is awesome. And you know, you're getting something in the mail. You got to send me an address so I can send you that special thing that we're talking, we talked about earlier. So and that might be something for other Kafaru fans later. Maybe, maybe you'll do something with that. Cool. No, I appreciate it, man. I'm looking forward to it. So thank you again for everything. And yeah, I'll talk to you soon enough either way. Yes, sir. Appreciate All right, man. It. Take it easy. Hey guys, just in time for the holiday season, our good friends over at SheetFeed are offering up a 25% off sale now to the end of November. So head on over to SheetFeedOutdoors.com, enter in the code KIFARU25, and save yourself 25% off your next purchase of SheetFeed.